Hey everyone, Steve here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to PM Ruddy, Rick22Salt, and Luke McClure for giving us reviews on iTunes. iTunes does their rankings based on an algorithm of downloads and reviews, so each review we get helps bump us up those podcast charts. If you like what you've heard and you've got a moment, please go to iTunes and leave us an honest review. We would appreciate it more than you know. We've got a link embedded in the summary of this MP3 to make it even easier to do so. And if you do, you'll probably get a shout out on a future episode. Thanks. To make any relaunch successful in your life, in any different area, you got to have relaunch relationships. You got to have shoulders that you can stand upon and also people that will link arms with you. That's one R. Second R, resources. You know, you want to surround yourself with, you know, solid podcasts, you know, good video training, uh, good books. You, you want to surround yourself with, with the best resources. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, podcaster and entrepreneur, Joel Bogus. You'll hear all about Joel's story coming up, but I wanted to take a quick second and say this one is special to us, especially my co-host John Ramstead, as Joel and his wife were very instrumental in helping us get this show planned out and launched. They provided us with critical feedback and we just wanted to say thanks. Here now is how we got that conversation started on this edition of Eternal Leadership. All right, Steve, today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we have a great friend of mine and a friend of the show, Joel Bogus. Joel, welcome to the show. John, are we really doing a show together? This is going to be a blast. I've been looking forward to this. You know, I have too. And I, I was sharing uh, with Steve just before we got on. When I was considering starting a podcast for everybody listening, I, I had two visions on my heart. And one was just taking it, doing a leadership podcast with all my experience in the military and in business. And the other one, just through my recovery uh, and my accident and just the journey of faith I've been through in doing one in that area. And I, and I met Joel at a conference on podcasting and uh, Joel and his wife, Pace said, why don't you just combine the two, put them together. That's where your passions are. And that's, that was, that is what I needed to hear to just have everything click into place and move forward. And Joel is so accomplished in what he's doing. If, if you're not listening to a podcast right now called relaunch, put that on your, your listen, uh, go subscribe to that, and they would love a, a rating and a review from everybody. But Joel, congratulations! I know last year you won four different awards from the podcasting community. M you know, most inspiring, best overall podcast were were two of those. So congratulations on your success, and 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 I'm so glad you're here. Oh, John, I'm glad to be here, and thank you so much. Um, we were so. Uh, surprised and just about blown away with the the overwhelming response that we got from the Podcasters Paradise community, um, and uh, it's it's just a it's a powerhouse of of podcasters. And yeah, I remember back in at uh, Podcast Movement 2014. I actually remember where we were standing, John. I don't know if you do, but there was you, Pay, and and, and myself, and I think we were all pretty much um, worn out throughout the day because I think it was, you know, nightfall. And I mean, it wasn't night like five o'clock in the afternoon. It was probably more like seven, eight o'clock, something like that. And, you know, uh, you just kind of poured out your heart to us and let us know where you were thinking about, you know, with podcast A and podcast B and 
then uh, one of us or both of us or the combination of our efforts kind of helped you kind of close the gap, bring those two different hands together. And uh, congratulations. Wow, eternal leadership. You know, John, watching you rise up the charts to do this show, a, val a very valuable resource for um, believers that are in leadership and leadership development. And to, to watch that come to fruition because of something that we may have said or a conversation that we may have had, that, that, was, that was tremendous for us. So congratulations. Well, you know, I appreciate you too. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just operate in this mode that you're in, this real servant heart, because after that conversation, as we launched, you know, Steve and I had a number of conversations with you, you know, just learning from you, you know, how to really serve our audience, how to bring out messages that are really going to move people forward, how to keep things on track with a unified vision. And, and, and so you've just been a great part of that. But there's a lot of people out there that don't know you as well as I do. And I'd love to just start out and have you just share a little bit about your story and your journey. And then I'd, I'd love to dive into uh, some of the areas just about relaunching and just having that courage to just really follow a calling and a purpose to change that trajectory of your life in a direction that is just so rewarding and fulfilling because I know that's what you do and that's what you help people do every day. Thank you uh, for the opportunity. You know, I told this story yesterday at a, at a presentation and I, I just, I always make myself smile when I tell this story, but I was about 10 years old and it was Christmas day and it was the best time of day for any kid on Christmas. And you know what time that is. It's of course time to open presents. So I bolted out of my room, turned right down the hallway and barreled into the uh, living room. That's where the Christmas tree was, all the decorations and all the presents. And I took my seat, you know, in that one chair where you always sit when it comes time to, to open presents. When you're a little kid, you know, you've, you've got your, your, your territory. you got your turf and where all your goodies come in. Well, they put in front of me this huge box. And uh, I took one look at it, and I did what any 10-year-old boy would do. I went through that box like a hot knife goes through butter, and I pulled back the flaps, stuck my hand in there, and I grabbed the handle. One, uh, The handle was running from one side to the other, and I pulled it out, and it was this big, metallic-looking box with two big black circles on, on either side of the box, and it was actually a boom box. Remember boom boxes, John? <laughs> I do. I remember cassette track. As a matter of fact, when I first started dating Donna, she had an eight-track collection, so that's how old I am. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got a boombox, and that actually lit a spark inside of me that actually uh, burned throughout my, my childhood and uh, became a torch as I moved into young adulthood and then later a middle, middle adulthood. And it actually helped to shape my, my business, my contribution, and, and my impact, and what that sparked for me was was a love for broadcasting, the spoken word, and um, what you and I enjoy today, which is audio and um, specifically podcasting. And I spent the pretty much the entire uh, the lion's share of the '90s behind the mic in traditional radio, in front of the camera, doing TV, and also in the master control room. And um, I, I left that industry in the late 90s and a little bit of me kind of died 
uh, when when I did that. But when the opportunity for podcasting started to just peek over the horizon, it wasn't anywhere near mainstream yet, but just kind of peeking over. Well, John, that resurrected something within me. And I knew that I had to not only be involved in the podcasting industry, but like you, I had to be a leader in the in the podcasting industry. And um, relaunch, as the date that we're recording this interview, we're about a week into year two. We had our first year, our first anniversary uh, last week, and we are just excited about the new potential possibilities and outlook for 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 year two so again john congratulations on your show thank you for having me on well joel i'd love for you to share a little bit about what you've learned in interviewing all these different people from all walks of life that have you know relaunched into this future that really is just linking with their passions what god's called them to do their purpose there's a lot of people out there just looking for permission to kind of make some of those changes and move forward. What are your thoughts on all that? What have you noticed? One of the things, that's a great question, by the way, John. One of the things that I've, I've learned is that, that people have a tendency to move when they have no choice but to move. And when I'm talking about move, I'm talking about moving in, into a, a relaunch. And, and a relaunch can be something that you do with your your relationship. You know, you relaunch a relationship, an existing relationship, or you relaunch into a relationship. It, it can be um, a uh, a career, professional related uh, type type relaunch, and I've, I get a lot of those. Gosh, the story that comes to mind when I think about a um, professional or uh, professional slash financial relaunch is uh, one of my guests that I've, I've had on, Mike Michalowicz. And uh, Michalowicz wrote a book called Profit First. And when I was talking with him about his relaunch, he talked to me about how he was uh, bleeding money in his business for a long, long time. But he made, uh, and this I'm not giving away his, his secrets here, he told it on told the story on my show, but he, he hid it from his, his wife and his daughter for many, many years, a long time, doing what he thought was the right thing to do. And it came down to a point where he had to go to his house and he had to tell his wife and his daughter exactly what had happened, that the, the country club memberships were now over, that the luxury cars were possibly coming to an end and this luxury house and the lifestyle that they had grown to understand and, and to live by was, you know, in, in jeopardy. And he was scared, obviously. And his little nine-year-old daughter ran to her her bedroom. He didn't know what she was doing. And she came back with, with her piggy bank. And she kind of looked up at her dad. Mike's a tall guy, so she looked had to look far up at she kind of looked up at her dad, held the, the piggy bank out to her dad and said, you know, dad, will, will this help? And well, you know, you're probably getting the same emotional rush that I am right now. Well, obviously that brought him to absolute tears and that made him with conviction in his heart know that he had to pull this relaunch off for himself. Yeah, of course, but also for 
the people that loved him and, and that depended upon him. And I kind of told you that story, not to impress you, but to impress upon you that some, sometimes it takes you know, a pivotal event like that with um, Mike's daughter to really set that person off in, in, in a relaunch. And, and by now, Mike is, you know, uh, is a best-selling author. He's wildly successful. But it, it didn't come before the pain. And sometimes that's what happened. Matter of fact, John, that's most usually what happens, is that the pain comes to a point where it's, you can't tolerate it anymore. That was the case in that situation anyways. So, that, so you asked me what I learned. That's what I've learned. Uh, sometimes a relaunch didn't happen just because someone uh, is ready for it. Sometimes there has to be a, a pretty painful trigger that moves people forward. You know, in some of those relaunches too, we're, we're almost forced where we have to totally change tracks and trajectories. How about those times where we're feeling that pain, we're looking forward into our future and we just feel this burning discontent about the direction that we're heading in and we want to shift that trajectory. We right. really don't know how. How do people tap into what that new course could be that would be really rewarding? Sure, that, that's another great question. I would, I would say that you need to tap the shoulders of the people that are that are in your your circle. You know, those could be friends, those could be coworkers, those could be people that you know from church, those could be leadership coaches. You know, like like you and and some of the people that that we kind of hang out with, I think it's very important that people look to other people for for guidance. And while that can be a spouse, sometimes the, your husband or wife is uh, a little bit too close to the situation, and and there is often an agenda there. It's not a bad word having an agenda, but you know, oftentimes there's there's things that he or she doesn't see, only because they're they're so woven in into that that fabric. Yeah, they're so close to the situation. You don't have the perspective sometimes. Right. I remember um, one of one of my first clients. Her first name is Lisa, and she wrote me a glowing testimonial after we were done with the work. And one of the things that she said, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But Lisa said, you know, I knew I was stuck. I needed, I knew I needed to do something with my career, but I needed to, to work with somebody who didn't have an agenda for my life. And, you know, that's when, when you seek the guidance of other people, that's something that's smart to look out for. Someone that doesn't have an agenda or that someone that doesn't know you in, in, a, in a particular way, because that's, that's going to limit their, their vision and view that they have for your possibilities. Joel, I have a friend who's a podcaster, broadcaster, author, and she's often talked about when it comes to her books, there's often a, a core of who she is that is the foundation of the book, either an experience, something that she has lived through. Obviously, you transitioning out of broadcasting and then eventually into podcasting, you've you've had a couple times of relaunching sure. in your life. Where did this did did the did the idea for this show come from? Sure, that is that is a great question. You know, um, it's always been relaunch is actually not our first show. It's actually our ninth. Uh, 
show. I was doing a presentation uh, to a, a local podcast uh, meetup group, and I counted the logos that were on our PowerPoint slide, and there was, uh, including a relaunch, it was nine. So I'm thinking, my goodness, we've done nine shows. So yes, <laughs> there have there have been many relaunches, but the common theme, uh, thread, if you will, that has kind of woven them all together, has been looking at people's struggles, people's trials, people's tribulations, and then how they have overcome uh, uh, situations and how they've gotten past, you know, with, with some people, like we had John on on uh, on the show, how, how he's gotten past, you know, different injuries, different situations, different conditions that were of absolutely no fault of his own. And, of course, we've had other people on that have been forced into a relaunch because of certain situations and conditions at their job uh, with, with their with their family. I think about when, when people ask me about relaunches, I think back to my first guest on episode 001 of the relaunch show. And uh, that guest was Tim Sanders. And he was phenomenal. He was a perfect uh, guest, first guest to have on, on the relaunch. And one of the statements that he made, and I still, it still rings in my ears today, is that, you know what, Joel? He said, we're always in, in a relaunch of some sort. And it's actually a, a pretty healthy thing to be, to be in that relaunch. It doesn't necessarily mean that every area of our life is in a relaunch at all times, but always that there's some part of our life that is moving into that better phase, that, that next chapter, that um, better place. You know, Joel, when I, I was sharing with a friend of mine after my accident, I was recovering, I, I felt like I was really given this deep second chance. And it was Mark Sanborn. He, you know what he said to me? He goes, I would argue that every single day we have a chance at a, at a second chance. It's, mm-hmm. it's all dependent on the choices we make. And as you've worked with people that are at this tipping point, what is the biggest area of clarity that they've needed to have understanding in that really allowed them to move forward? I think, um, and your lovely co-host Steve already pointed out, he used the P word, permission, uh, giving, giving yourself permission to, to do something that is already kind of tugging on your heartstrings anyways. And that's what I found over and over and over again, that people generally have, have a clue about what to do uh, with their career, with their family, with their spiritual walk, their health. They just need to give themselves permission. And one of the things that I've found, this is the direct answer to your question, is that when you create a, an environment or a space that is safe enough to allow that person to give themselves permission, they'll do it almost every single time. But the the trigger is to create a safe space. That's what you do on this show. That's why you have just tremendous interviews and you hear stories that have probably never been told or people don't hear on, on other shows is because you create that safe space. And that's one of the things that I like to think that we do also on, on our show is that we create that environment to, so that, you know, guys that we all know, names that we've heard like, you know, Sanborn and, and Bob Berg and uh, Darren Hardy, Jack Canfield, they, they'll tell stories about a deep personal uh, relaunch 
you know, not something that they've told on the 12 shows before yours or mine, but, you know, on uh, at a real level, you know, way beyond uh, the uh, cocktail level of conversation. Got to create a safe space to give that permission is the direct answer to your question. So what are some keys for somebody to create their a safe space for themselves? Uh, that, that's a great question as well. Um, that is going to come from, number one, your relaunch relationships and uh, your relaunch resources. Let me explain. Yeah, we, we've all heard that we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. Well, uh, you know, and many different people have said that, so that's not a big mystery. But to make any relaunch successful in your life in any different area, you got to have relaunch relationships. You got to have shoulders that you can stand upon. And also people that will link arms with you. So you, you definitely need to have that. That's one way to create a safe space. Make sure you're around uh, your, your posse that's going to have your back. And also the peeps that are going to boost you when, when you need it. That's one R. Second R, resources. You know, you want to surround yourself with, you know, solid podcasts, you know, good video training, uh, good books from some of the authors that we've already talked about. You want to surround yourself with, with the best resources. And if a resource is not serving you, then, then you want to get rid of it. And then the third R, there's really only three, is um, your rituals. Some people like to use the word routines. If you want to create a safe space for yourself, give yourself rituals, routines, structure, so that, that you know what you're doing, so that when you get up in the morning, there's a certain routine, a way of going about doing things in, in your morning routine. You know, uh, that could be, you know, well, I get up and I read 30 minutes of the Bible or I read uh, 30 minutes of whatever I'm studying at the time to, to better myself. That could be part of, part of the routine. Yeah, because a lot of people struggle. You know, we're so busy living life and going to our job and doing whatever we're doing today. But what you're talking about is intensely looking at what our habits are, what are, what those routines are, and weaving something into that that can move us forward. Absolutely, and that's what Darren Hardy talks about. When if you ask him what book he reads for thirty minutes every morning, he'll tell you whatever whatever it is that I'm committed to improving during this time. So if he's working on his speaking and presentation skills, well, that's the kind of book that he's going to be reading at that time. If, if he's working on um, getting in shape for the next athletic event that he's going to do, like maybe it's a, it's a bike ride or a half marathon or whatever, then that's what he's going to be studying up on. See, he, he relates what he's spending his routine time with what he's working on in other areas of, of his life. So he's not reading a book on healthy eating if that's not where his main focus is is on for, for his business or personal life. If he's working on being a speaker, or excuse me, being a better speaker, then that's where he's spending that routine time on. Yeah, it's about asking your what asking yourself what matters right now. What is the right. most essential thing I can be doing right now to be able to move things forward? And that that's a, that's a killer question. 
And unfortunately, that's a question that often goes um, unanswered. Un yeah, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't say neglected. That's probably too strong of a word, but unanswered. Or even unasked by ourselves. That's, ourselves. Probably, that's probably more accurate right there, unasked. Yeah, and at the same time, though, giving yourself permission to fail, not getting overly critical when it takes time for some people to start to develop that routine and develop those disciplines. Ab absolutely. I mean, it, it, take, it takes practice, and then you're, you're going to fail more times than you succeed, but that's how you succeed. You, you kind of fail yourself into success. Well, you know, speaking of failure, there's I, I love John Maxwell's term, failing forward. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of people that have a fear of failure. So that begs the question, what are some of the obstacles and roadblocks that you've seen working with thousands of people that have successfully gone through a relaunch that, that they really had to go through? Are there any common themes there? Well, sure. I mean, we all have them and we all have different situations and we all have different um, environments that we've been brought up in and different environments that we're currently in. So the, the, the obstacles are different f for different people, but it, it comes down to a decision. And Jeff Corhan said that the decision to succeed comes before the plan. And, and I remember that like I heard it yesterday, and it's been a while. But uh, I, um, that is solid uh, for me it was anyway. And really, you know, that's true. W when our mutual friend... Um, uh, and I can't speak for him, but when our mutual friend uh, John Lee Dumas wanted to to really knock it out of the park, out of the galaxy with his uh, entre leadership on fire, which has you know spawned into many many other successful things, he he made that decision first, and then he let the the pieces come together. And you know him uh, as do I, and and he's failed at, at many many things. He's probably flopped on more things than have, have succeeded for him, but he's he's kind of he, he's made the decision on the front end. So that's going to save yourself a lot of time, energy, and and effort if you make the decision on the front end and leave it at that instead of having to make decisions on a daily basis. Gosh, am I going? Am I really going to do this? Am I really going to pull this off? The decision to succeed comes before the plan. So my advice would be. Make make sure you make a solid decision first, and and that that requires a little bit of a, a little bit of effort, and a lot of faith. Yeah, a lot of faith. You know, when you say decision to succeed before the plan, there's so many scripture references that come to my mind as you say that. You know, what are some things that people do that bring their faith into that process so they can move forward with that decision firmly in in their hand? Sure, that's that's a good question as well. I think that one of the things that they have to do, I have kind of a, an alphabetical acronym for this. And instead of starting with an A, I just let it start with a B. And the, the first thing you got to do. because you're a nonconformist, Joel. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> It'd be too easy to start with an A. That's right. So uh, B is, you know, we, we all know that, that you have to believe in, in certain things. But I take it a step farther. I, I don't, Talk about, well, you just have to believe that you can pull this off. But you have to believe that it's the, it's the right thing to, to do and that it is going to help you advance the, the, the greater good. And you also have to believe that that's, that's, a, that's a God thing 
for you. Because here's why. If, if you don't believe that this is something that God wants for you, you're probably not going to do whatever it takes to let that happen. Here's, here's an example. If you believe God wants you to, to prosper in different areas of your life, including your bank account, then, then you're going to do whatever it takes to, to make that come to fruition. However, if, if you have what, unfortunately, um, a lot of believers have, and it's this love-hate thing about, well, I, I love money, but wait a minute, I'm not sure that I should have money, but, but I love money, but yeah, but isn't it the root of all whatever? See, if there's this love-hate thing going on, and if they're not fully convicted in their heart, that um, this is a belief that God has given them, then there's going to be mixed results there. I hope I articulated that okay. No, it's you know it's being unified both with who you are, your strengths, your skills, mm-hmm. and aligning that with the longings God has put in your heart. Because he, I think people get confused. Maybe I have this longing for significance, and I want to speak to the large crowds, or I have this longing, you know, to have a large bank account. Um, and if I'm running that through my own personality, I start to think about how the world would view that. But if I really dig a, another layer deeper and say, why, if that longing's in my heart, and if I acknowledge that God put it there, if I'm living according to his will, what could I do to serve his kingdom with those kind of resources? And now sure. you can get into a place where, where you're just off and running because you've taken off these shackles. Uh, we had Bob Berg on. He was talking about a lot of believers out there are trying to drive a race car with the, with the parking brake on. And, and that's what happens when you when you're not in. Lance Walnow uh, describes it as convergence. When when God's will for your life and who you are and what you want to accomplish are in alignment, that's when really powerful things start to happen. Yeah, I, be, I believe so. Very very well said. So, what was your second point? You started with B for believe. Sure. Okay. And then C is is courage, but D is also but D is discipline. So you have to have both of those, the, the, the courage to, to move forward with that belief that, you know what, this is something that God wants. This is going to advance the greater good. You called it his kingdom, either one, but also the empire that you're trying to build for yourself and your family, if that is your goal or the ministry that you're trying to build. And then E is execution. You know, nothing gets done without doing stuff. And uh, the, the Bible is obviously chock full of examples of that, but, but so is the real world too. If, if we open the door and, and we look at what's going on, the people that are making it in this world understand those principles. They don't necessarily have to be believers to understand that, you know what, execution solves everything. Pei says this in, in her, her presentations, which are a lot better than mine, but she says, <laughs> action, she says action brings clarity. A, B, C. See, that's much simpler than, than the acronym I tried to walk you through. But uh, it's true. Action does bring clarity one way or another. And it'll either give you the clues that, you know what, you need to tweak and adjust some things or you're, you're, you're right on track. Keep moving forward. Well, I agree with that. Action does bring clarity. And, and what I have witnessed working with people is one of the biggest roadblocks is the procrastination of planning sure people are just because they're just afraid to take that first step and start executing moving into action so they just keep planning and planning and planning 
they're letting some of the limiting beliefs inform what they're doing today and 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 limit what the future could look like. So uh, I like that action brings clarity because that is that is absolutely true. Something she came up with. I'd love to take credit for it, but nope. Well, I'm going to start using it, and I might give pay credit. No, I'm kidding. I'll give pay credit. Okay. Um, hey, as we wrap up here, Joel, as people are listening to this, they're driving in their car, they're working out. What final thoughts would you like to leave with people? Sure. I think the the biggest thing here is if you're moving forward, take people with you. You know, that, that might mean take your spouse with you, take your partner with you, you know, take your, your supporters with you, get people on board, you know, create a team. You know, John, when, when uh, you were enrolled in a Ninja podcaster, and that was so much fun. I'm so glad that you were able to, to, to do that with us as we, we rolled that plan out. It, it was all about creating a team. Yep. You know, getting getting people behind you that that knew you, that liked you, that supported you, and that wanted to contribute to your success. And everyone's situation is different. It might take a little bit more effort and time to kind of sort through the the uh, the the wheat from the chafe, so to speak, or, or chaff. I don't know if I said that right, but uh, you know, you you can you can find those people, and regardless of of how much effort. It does or doesn't take. Get a team behind you. Being successful is is tough enough on on your on on your own, but it, but if you have people with you, it, it's going to make it all, all the more easier. You know, John Acuff, my buddy, said that the the last place you you want your spouse is on the other side of your dream, and, and I think that also applies for just your your, your friends, your family. Uh, you know, the, 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 the people that are on, on your side. So include them. So what do you mean by other side? Uh, in opposition of. Mm. That's the last place you want uh, someone that, you know, you care deeply for and that cares deeply uh, back for you. So get them on, their, on your side. And that may mean selling them on your idea, but really it probably means buying into theirs. Yeah, I think when you weave those two together, uh, especially mm-hmm. especially if you're married, it's a husband and wife, and you have those dialogues and those conversations. Because I liken it to like, uh, you know, if you have two people that are moving forward toward a goal, but they're on parallel tracks, mm-hmm. that's how things can actually start to drift apart. But if you're both pointed at the same object, maybe you're starting at different places. You kind of think of almost riding up the sides of a triangle toward the point. Mm-hmm. You start to become closer and closer, and it brings the marriage together, the relationship together, everything that it takes to achieve this dream because you're in communication together. And not only is it so much more rewarding, but it's also so much more productive because, like you said, you have that team of people with you, starting with your your husband or your wife, and you have that support group. You have mm-hmm. you, you said you know you're the what that quote from Jim Rohn, you're the sum of the five closest people around you. Mm-hmm. That should definitely include your your spouse. But if you have other people in that group, and that's what I found with you and Ninja Podcasters and other groups, because I sought those out to be around like-minded people that were ahead of where I wanted to go, that have, you know, maybe some of them have failed spectacularly. But you know what? They were moving forward in not only in spite of it, but they learned from it. And then I can learn from what they've gone through. And that just accelerated everything that, that Steve and I are trying to do. Yeah. Without a doubt, you know, find, find, 
those people. I mean, there's 7 billion people in the world. You're going to be able to put together quickly a group of five to six, which, you know what, I, I just did that last week, John, and I'm thrilled that you and I and, and, and four other like-minded uh, entrepreneurs are just are, are linking arms together to take to you know to bring God the glory to to build our businesses and to and to build us into stronger people. Awesome. Well, thank you, Joe. Hey, Joel. As we wrap up, how can people find you? Uh, what, what tell people about the podcast and and where to get in touch with you and listen? Sure. Uh, having a blast with the relaunch show. We're into year two now. Relaunchshow.com is the best place to go. That's also where you can get all the uh, scoop on the uh, the podcast training uh, that, that we're doing. The Launch Your Podcast to number one is uh, relaunchshow.com. And then we have a lot of free resources there as well. Um, seven mistakes that most, most podcasters make and how to avoid them. That is a, a free download that we have on on the website as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Joel. This was awesome. And it's lo I love having a conversation with a good friend. Thanks, John. It's been a, been a pleasure. Take care, Steve. If you'd like more information about Relaunch, Joel's podcasting classes, and more, just go to eternalleadership.com slash 070. That's eternalleadership.com slash 070. Speaking of relaunching, Eternal Leadership is partnered with Halftime Institute in helping you get a free copy of Bob Buford's seminal book, Halftime, into your hands. The subtitle of Halftime is Moving from Success to Significance. It's all about taking lessons from the first half of your life, making adjustments, much like I did as a high school football coach, and then really making a kingdom impact in the second half of your life. When this book came out in 1993, it, it met a felt need for baby boomers who were feeling this unrelenting, smoldering discontent and wanted to make more of a difference in the world. Now it's really starting to touch Gen Xers and baby boomers that have realized that their halftime may be retirement. It's a great book and you can get a copy at eternalleadership.com slash halftime. That's eternalleadership.com slash halftime. And after you read the book, if you have any questions, you can also get a free, no obligation, one hour of halftime coaching. You can't beat it. Eternalleadership.com slash halftime. Next time on Eternal Leadership, he was on the plane that crash landed into the Hudson River on January 2009. As soon as he crossed over the bridge is when he said his famous words. He said, this is your captain, brace for impact. And I didn't pay attention to instructions. I didn't know what that meant, but man, I know it's serious. You ever hear that one on a plane, something's going on. And that's, uh, that's when all of a sudden, my first thought was all the training that I had in my life and everything that I learned in my life started coming together. Dave Sanderson shares the experience from his point of view and how that moment changed his life. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.